This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning, everybody. Steve Sponskowski here along with Brandon Clark, and we're coming to you live from Autoimmune Angels in Rochester, Minnesota. And what a beautiful day, our Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we're going to move now to a conversation with Deacon Mark Creechie of the Diocese of Crookston. Good morning, Deacon. Yeah, good morning. It's great to be on Real Presence Radio again. Oh, it's always great to have you with us, and we appreciate the wisdom that you share with us each time you're on. Uh, just a wealth of wisdom on evangelization and reaching out to our brothers and sisters. We're going to talk a little bit now about uh, shepherding them home. It's an apostolate in the Diocese of Crookston, talking about you know, reaching out to our brothers and sisters. And it was a, there was an article uh, in our, our Sunday Visitor that you wrote, uh, Deacon Creechie. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, um, you know, and, and if you don't mind, given this great feast day that we're in, could it, would you mind if I started with a word of prayer? Go for it. Well, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dearest Mother of Guadalupe, we beg you for a fortified will to imitate your divine son's charity, to always seek the good of others. Guide all who are shepherding their family members or loved ones into a deeper relationship with your son and his church. Grant us this, we humbly ask of you. Amen. Amen. Well, Amen. We, well yeah, so the, the um, article that was in our Sunday Visitor wasn't actually written by me, but rather one of their reporters uh, got hold of me as they profiled five what they called hopeful apostolates, hmm. um, apostolates in the church across the U.S. that are reaching out to uh, um, younger people, uh, the nuns as they're called. Um, and so they profiled such things as um, Bishop Barron's Word on Fire Institute and Curtis Martin's Focus, a group called Young Catholic Professionals, uh, another group called Corazon Pollo, which um, seeks to raise up Hispanic leaders of faith, and then they also profiled the Shepherding Them Home program. And so what a great honor to be considered one of those five. There's, uh, so that You're part of a pretty amazing list there of uh, the hopeful apostolates there of this uh, Shepherding Them Home apostolate. Um, what, what a great honor I, I, for, for you to be part of that list. Well, you know, I, I got to admit, uh, you know, you get the phone call, and would you be part of this article? And, and really? Oh, well, I'm happy to. But, you know, what, what they, they heard of us, our Sunday Visitor heard of us because the Our Sunday Visitor Institute has given us a grant to help us huh. with this work in our diocese. And so they must have been talking to each other uh, about this. And they said they wanted to profile a, a program that was very much focused on a diocese versus, you know, at a national level as well. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're pleased and, and honored to be um, profiled. So, Dr. Creechie, in, in, in part of the, the, this article, you talk a little bit about people who have been helped by this Shepherding Them Home Apostolate ministry. Um, and and what, what stood out to me is that, that part of this ministry is to tell, teach us how to reach out. Sometimes I think we reach out to our brethren, our brothers and sisters, and maybe even literally our brothers and sisters in the wrong way. Talk to us about how to discern um, and to understand the best way to reach out to those who, who we are trying to draw closer to Christ. Well, yeah, and, and it, it was something that, you know, we heard 
a lot of, you know, as, as we were, you know, had the initial idea behind this program. And, you know, and, and what it is is, you know, oftentimes they start by saying, you know, you need to go to church um, or, you know, it, I, we heard that it gets heated right away. The conversations get heated. Um, yeah, and, and so one of the things that, that we, we stress is that, the, you know, what you need to do is, is see this as a ministry that you're doing, and with all ministry, rooted in prayer. And so we, we talk about the importance of praying as you're seeking to approach someone in your family, praying for them um, every day. Um, and, and in fact, when we, we do these, um, you know, training sessions on how to reach out to your loved ones, we actually call them prayer shops versus workshop because the liturgy of the hours is used throughout the prayer of sacred scripture or throughout the workshop, sacred scripture is used as well. So we want to start with this idea that it's rooted in prayer. And then from there we move on to help people understand a little bit about the big culture shift because a lot of parents and grandparents are blaming themselves. Um, oh, what did I do wrong? I didn't do enough. And, and you know, and, and we talk about how, you know, many of us were raised at a time when, when being Catholic meant you got your kids to church, you got yourself to church, you helped out at the parish. And, and this idea of preparing our children for a secularized culture, that wasn't really there in our minds. So, you know, we wanted to, you know, we want to point out to people, don't beat yourself up because that's what the evil one wants you to do, so you give up. And then what we do is we just talk about, you know, ways to then start the conversation and how to maintain a conversation of accompaniment that, you know, as we tell people, it may last, um, you know, 12 weeks, it may last 12 months, it may last 12 years. You just don't know how long you're going to be in this missionary work. Right. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Uh, I have a, a fallen away brother from the faith, and you know, I, I guess I, I've never looked at it as a ministry. And um, just this idea of, of praying for him every day and consistent in prayer. Uh, one thing, though, I'd like to ask about uh, because this is true in my own experience um, is it's good to pray every day, right, and see it as a ministry. But but sometimes it, it can become a little discouraging. Um, Deacon Creechie. So, what would you say to those listening who are are praying every day, um, are, are, are trying to find some way to open up the door to to conversation, um, but but have been doing that for many years and and have not really been seeing a lot of results. Yeah, and, and you know, one one thing, of course, that we um, have um, all the people who participate, we ask them to identify a prayer partner, you know, a friend that they'll open up to and accompany them. And then we also have these um, individuals around our diocese called Shepherding Them Home Companions that are praying for them as well. So they're not out there praying on their own. But you're right. How do you make that those steps? And when those first steps don't work, what else can you do? You know, one of the things you need to do is just ask them a lot of questions to understand how did they get here and what are their thoughts. And rather than starting to maybe counter-argue, so to speak, you know, make sure you really understand how they got there. You know, in, in a recent survey um, that came out, I, I think it was out of uh, the Pew Research Forum, you know, it asked people, Catholics, check off all the reasons why you've left the Church. And they checked all sorts of reasons, but the most common thing selected was, I just drifted away. 
And then what they do is the family member then comes up with a reason afterwards. So, you know, so really understand what's that reason that they might have come up with. They'll say, this is why I left the church, but that might be the excuse they come up with later. And then, you know, the other thing to do is reach out and, you know, obviously the, the program Shepherding Them Home isn't across your listening area, but there's some great resources out there. And Brandon Vaught, um, who works with Bishop Robert Barron, um, he has this wonderful book out called Returned. And it is, you know, we give a copy of it to everyone who's finished the prayer shop. We tell them this is a great resource for you to use. And, and you know, and, and so, you know, that I would, I would tell everyone, go and, and um, uh, connect with that resource as well and take some time to study it and prepare yourself. Thank you, Deacon Creechie. You're, if you've... Uh... Sorry, just joined us. It's uh, Steve Sponskowski along with Brandon Clark, and we're broadcasting live from Rochester, Minnesota. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we're talking about this Shepherd Name Home Apostolate with Deacon Mark Creechie. Uh, so, Deacon Creechie, one of the things I love about the explanation of, and I don't want to call it a program because, it's, as, as, you, as you mentioned in your article, this is not a program. Um, this is really... It's a practice, and, and you mentioned the word accompaniment uh, with that. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about this accompaniment and how we don't, the church doesn't need another program, but we do, we do need maybe a new way of life. Can, can you talk to that a little bit? Well, yeah, you know, I think uh, what you're, you're, you're right on in terms of this, this new way of life. You know, I mean, being a Christian is not um, a, a program. It's not something we just do on Sunday mornings. It, it's literally the way our being lives in the world. And so it isn't like, oh, you know, I'm a Christian, and I'm a teacher, and I'm a, a dad and a grandpa. No, being a Christian is not one part of us. Being Christian is at the core and the center of us. And so that's why it's, you know, shepherding them home, and, and for that matter, the call to be missionary disciples in the world, it's not the latest program that we're running in the Church, but rather it's a way of being and so you're, you're one of accompaniment, meaning that you're praying for that person. You're, you know, taking maybe the, the, the slings and arrows they throw at you about the church, and you turn the other cheek. You, you, you prepare yourself. You steal yourself with, with knowledge and understanding about the church. Um, but it, but it, it, it takes over your whole life, you know, and it should be at the center of your life. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. I love what you said about taking the slings and arrows because it can be easy to want to become defensive, right? And and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and and go on the attack right away. But but turning the other cheek—that's not something that we always think about, even though that is one of the teachings of Jesus. You know, um, <clears throat> Deacon, I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, about prayer. Um, and and in this article, it says, in one case, a mother realized she had not been praying for her son's conversion, but rather focused on convincing him to go to mass. Do you think we often try to do too much in the way of, well, in the way of getting in the way of the Lord and and letting the war- Lord look, or, sorry, letting the Lord work in the situation rather than our own efforts being what what tries to push a person to come back to the faith or, or go to mass. 
Well, yeah, after doing enough of these, um, you know, these prayer shops with people from across our diocese, they all come up to me when I talk about this idea that, you know, how many of you out there think you can convince them to come back or push them or goad them or nag them to come back? Well, you know what, and, and I raise my hand with that group as well. Because all too often we think, if I just know the perfect thing to say, I'm going to convince them to come back. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit, people. It's the <laughs> Holy Spirit, and, and you're the, the minister, you're the, the, the missionary of the Holy Spirit. But it's going to be the Holy Spirit that brings them back to the Church. And, and then that's all the more reason why you have to, you know, root what you do in prayer to make sure you're at a good place spiritually to do this work. Otherwise, it becomes an ego thing, or, oh, I'm so embarrassed that my kid isn't going to church, or, you know, and that's why you're motivated to do something about it. And No, you want them to grow closer to Jesus and his church. That's a beautiful thing. And use the, the Holy Spirit, you know, be, be that channel for the Holy Spirit. That's a great, a great reminder, Deacon Creechie. You, in, in your article, you use the phrase, or two words, missionary disciples, a couple of times. And there's two words there, but I think they both have profound meanings. Could you take that apart for us and put it back together? Like, what, what is a missionary disciple? Well, yeah, of course, you know, we're all disciples of Jesus. We, we all are his followers, but, you know, from, the, from time, from when Jesus is on the earth walking around us in his body, he sends out his disciples. And they come back to him, and he sends them out. And, and, and at the uh, Great Commission, of course, he does it before he ascends. You know, he sends everyone out. And, and so to be a disciple of Jesus means we're not just going to church and, and having a great spiritual connection to Jesus, which is wonderful. That is wonderful. But Jesus wants us to then go out. I mean, take the body and blood and the sustenance from the Mass, and go out of the doors of the Church. And in the joy of the Gospel, that's the, the phrase that Pope Francis uses. He says it's time for the Church to open up our doors, not to wait for people to come in, but for those of us who've been fed by the body and blood of Christ to go out and proclaim across the nations. Yeah. Deegan, you, you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned that this is not available across our listening area, but I think it should be available across our listening area because I think this is something that is very real and that many people listening right now deal with uh, wherever they're at. And so if, if they want to find out more information about how they can bring this, um, for lack of a better word, uh, let's call it a way of life, to, to their area, where can they find more information? Well, I, I'd invite them to connect with me and in the Office of Formation and Discipleship in the Diocese of Crookston. Uh, there's a team of three of us that work in the Shepherding Them Home program, but along with other things that we do as well, we are looking at how can we set it up to bring it into people's homes so that small faith-sharing groups could mm. do this in their homes as well. That's great. I think we should continue this conversation, have you on again, Deacon, because, again, I, th I think it's a need that... Uh, that really is coming at a great time uh, as our church uh, really goes down this road of, of missionary discipleship. So thanks for being on with us this morning. Well, my pleasure, and, and thank you for your wonderful ministry.
Thank you. Up next, Father Kyle Metzger of the Diocese of Fargo is going to share his excitement of a classic. That's the Collar Classic, the Priest versus Seminarians basketball game. We'll find out what's new and exciting this year as we continue with Real Presence Live, live from Autoimmune Angels in Rochester, Minnesota. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.